On this episode of Real Wins, we chat about what you should consider when choosing between a specialty marketing agency and a property management team for marketing. Later, we shift our focus to sub 50 unit buildings and answer the question, at that size, do you even need a brand? Let's jump into the conversation. Well, let's jump in. So a, a couple questions that have come up recently that I think are gonna be um, appropriate to dive into as we, as we get into 2024 here is, um, both have to do basically with, with setting up a, a marketing team and, and what do I need or what do I maybe don't need in, in particular situations. So let's dive right into the first one. And that is when someone comes to us and says, do I need a specialist market ag- agency or could I just simply work with my, my property management team for marketing? I have a bunch of thoughts on this. I think it could go either way, uh, generally speaking. Mike, do you want to kick us off with some high-level thoughts and maybe set context for for this one? I can definitely give, I think, a little bit of background context and just some thoughts, um, you know, evolving from the management side of the business specifically, and and just knowing, you know, there are so many moving parts to 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 manage a property, and so even getting ready to go to market, opening a building, building the team from the operational side. Um, and all of the factors that come into play to be a management firm, all the all the you know attention to detail, all the resident um, um, lifestyle concerns, all what we're trying to do to really you know build a great community. That marketing is a piece of that. However, it's often lost in the mix. Um, and and as we you know as these management companies evolve, they grow, they they add on, they they put more responsibilities on on really everyone's plate from. From you know, depending on the, the 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 project. So, what you have is oftentimes you have a property manager that might be leading the quote unquote marketing process, which is problematic because they're not experts in marketing. And even where you have uh, a marketing team or marketing department in management companies, oftentimes you'll get small teams that are stretched across, you know, tens or and and or 20, 30, 40, 50, you know, buildings in some cases. So it's really difficult for them to, you know, be able to specialize in any type of marketing and really create a, a specific strategy uh, for, for a new development. That's why I think you, oftentimes you just see this, you know, um, regression to the mean maybe is the right way to put it. I don't know, but like never really forward thinking, pushing the envelope uh, to be able to design a great go-to-market strategy uh, across the board. So it's just really difficult. I mean, can it be done? Yes. Is it done well? Very, very rarely. Mm. Yep. Something that came to mind for me was this is, potentially something that you saw more frequently 10, 15 years ago, where you, you need to lease up a building, you go to your property manager and they kind of do it all right. Like there's sort of this Jack of all trades, Swiss, Swiss army knife of sorts, and they're doing the literal leasing for the building, but then they're also offering marketing services and websites and maybe a logo. And I think maybe that worked for a while again, 10, 15 years ago. And I, you know, I wasn't in multifamily 15 years ago, but, you know, I know that there's been a big shift over the last decade, especially when it comes to multifamily and how multifamily properties are marketed. And, and when we say marketed, it's it's what is the go-to-market strategy? And I think the strategy piece there is the important part because when we're thinking about most metro areas across the country, there's tons of competition. It's no longer one pretty or two pretty buildings. It's Lots of beautiful buildings, lots of, lots of class A, lots of luxury buildings. And I think the, the question is, you know, how do you get away from A-frame signs and foot <laughs> traffic and relying on, on outdated methods to really engage with people where they are, which is, which is online? And I think to me, 
maybe one of the biggest or if not the biggest shift over the last decade has been that necessity to really pay attention to where are people how are they consuming this information and and you know the big question is are you meeting them there and in and, and then can your property management company do that for you totally i mean and it's not just multifamily i i i think both you and i would agree that multifamily is is um, very slow uh, and to, to adopt new practices. It's, it's a legacy kind of business. But if you look at the marketing landscape as a whole, things have evolved so rapidly, especially lately, and they're continuing to rapidly evolve. Just the way uh, general people react to brands, what the visual aesthetics that are in you know modern society are, how do you uh, you know, really position a property to be different from the competition out there. What the, you know, what the aesthetics, as you said, look like. And never mind, that's just sort of the branding side. Never mind the actually generating demand to meet people where they are. Like, you know, I've got, we've got, uh, you know, developers and, and, and clients sometimes say, why don't we, you know, hang up a flyer at the coffee shop? And, and it's like, well, yeah, that was the 15 year ago strategy, but you're trying to charge mm-hmm. top of the market prices for the best product in the market. And we're going to attract renters uh, from outside this market to move here and attract them to this building in order to attain and beat your pro forma. Mm. So there has to be a bigger strategy than that than saying, okay, there's maybe an A-frame outside. We're hoping people may drive by or going to drop in at the local coffee shop. Um, and and so there's just, that's, that's the challenge in terms of thinking about, okay, what can we do from a digital perspective to go out and, you know, communicate to people where they are, where they're thinking about where they're living most of their lives online these days and how to do that effectively. And so I think there's just a big gap, uh, a knowledge gap. And, and truthfully, it's not anyone's fault. It's just so hard to stay up to date if you're not specialized in living in the marketing world all day long. Mm, that's a good point. You know, when I think of property management firms today, because we interface with a lot of them and and, and just to be clear, not, this conversation is not to poo-poo property management companies. Um, you own a property management company, yep. Mike, so I'm I'm not going to poo poo property, you know. <laughs> but but I think I think there is a there are situations where it does make sense to go with a property management company. That being said, we oftentimes see property management companies hiring non specialist agencies to actually complete this work. So I think there's an interesting blend here. There's there's some some fascinating conversation to, conversations to un- uncover here. A few of the considerations, and I, I jotted these down, I think a, a few of the big considerations would be market dynamics, property type, and kind of this idea of, are you investing into marketing, looking for ROI um, or not? And so let's just take it from the top. When we're talking about market dynamics, I'm thinking of competition. You know, I'm, I'm thinking of Boston. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of Denver, Minneapolis. I'm not thinking of, you know, you know, smaller third tier city that's just getting off the ground, um, where in many cases, if you build it, they will come. <laughs> and, and so I think, I think as a developer, uh, you know, as an owner of, of, of a property, you need really kind of consider, um, am I, am I in a highly competitive market? If I am, I, I really should take this seriously. Um, if I'm not, you know, maybe I don't necessarily need a highly specialized, call it multifamily agency partner. Um, those markets though, I, I would say, and I'm curious what you think, Mike, they feel few and far between now, mm-hmm. you know, maybe there's like a, like a Fayetteville or a Bentonville type, you know, area out there that's, they're just getting off the ground. And there's some really beautiful projects out there that are uh, maybe demand less specialty solutions uh, just because it's so hot in the market there. But I'm not sure that's really the case in, in the majority of the, of the rest of the country. Uh, no, I would say it's certainly not the case in most areas. And I think the, perhaps the, the common misperception there could be that, you know, 
in a lot of areas, at least in the past several years, has been it's been a low supply environment. That's changing certainly this year. The um, there's been a lot more construction happening in, in a lot of major cities. Uh, but but even in the past, when there was really it was really supply constrained and there was less uh, of the competition in the market, as you alluded to, still even still. Um, because construction costs are so high, it's hard to entitle and build projects. Most of these projects that are, you know, the nature of projects that we're typically work, working on, market rate housing, become projects that have to achieve top of market rents wherever wherever they are, which naturally needs an element of strong go-to-market strategy, branding, and demand generation to actually achieve those in, in a strong way. Now, yeah, there certainly are some markets out there uh, that might just have, a, you know, an excessive amount of, of demand or, or just, you know, it's the only game in town type of thing. And okay, yeah, maybe you don't need to need to really invest as much in marketing. It won't pay the ROI for, for most of these projects. We're talking about. But, but yeah, they, they are few and, and far between for a number of, of reasons, uh, depending on whatever major market you're in, or even the, 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 the growth markets that are outside a lot of these major markets we operate in. Mm -hmm. That that's really straddles the line between market dynamics and property type, because I think you're touching on the fact that a lot of markets offer the renter a, a ton of choice. They can go in, they can find five buildings that they are interested in and they want to look into further, um, you know, going to a city and finding one or two buildings that you're interested in is, is probably pretty rare at this point. So I think that makes a lot of sense. And that, that segues into property type, you know, class a in a competitive environment, having a specialized partner, in my opinion, is, is very crucial. I don't think you can slash a budget. I don't think you can kind of lean on teams that don't know what they're doing if you want to have a successful lease up. And I say that just because we've had so many partners come to us in the past with, uh, with a lease up that's having trouble. You know, they're a year in, it's not leased up. They kind of cut corners early on. Um, so I think property type two, when we're talking about class A or luxury buildings, high demand, lots of choice that really matters for your partner. And I think there may be a line in the sand there as we start to get into class B or C buildings, you know, kind of like value add plays. Uh, but I'm curious if you see anything different on the East coast, Mike, I'm, I'm coming from a little bit more of a Midwest and West coast um, experience set. And I know that you have a lot of dealings um, out in the East coast. Yeah. I, I mean, cer certainly I think there's a couple of elements you, you touched on there that I think are important. And one of those is, you know, class A versus say B or C. And the other one is just the size of the property. So, you know, the difference between a, say a 30 unit boutique, small boutique project and a 250 unit institutional project is, you know, different levels of, of scale. So, th so there's a couple of things you could say, like if you're looking at a B, C class, let's say, uh, property that is competing, especially in, in markets where it's competing against, say, a lot of class A, and you're coming in under kind of the market rent, and you're and you're trying to take that strategy. Yeah, perhaps you don't need to invest as much in marketing because you're doing that effectively, you know, doing that demand creation by having rents below market. And if that strategy can work for you, okay, that can that can perhaps make sense. I think the other challenge for a lot of developers and and, and owners is in that sort of boutique size where they believe that they may not have the scale to invest in a, like you know a really solid impactful brand or or, or the real types of de demand generation that you know you guys and we talk about all the time and that's where the challenges versus the institutional sizes where you may have the naturally have the scale of um uh, of of budget or size project that lends itself to you know actual real marketing investments although 
I think those dramatically underinvest in, in marketing also. But that that sort of boutique size project is the is the tough one. And oftentimes we can you know talk through it and showcase how by actually doing marketing, uh, branding, marketing strategy in the right way, we can you know, absolutely produce a plan that's going to, you know, beat their pro forma, generate absorption schedules that are far faster than, than normal or than their pro forma says and, and, and produce positive cash flows and, and returns on that marketing spend and investment of three, four, 10, you know, 10 X at times. So it's a really powerful tool to think about and dive in and say, okay, just because you have a small project doesn't, in fact, in some cases, it's 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 the exact opposite. You can you can really invest not that much more than you normally would, and really produce a massive uh, increase in your uh, return on that investment versus just you know kind of going through the status quo and and having a, a typical slow absorption lease up um, um, uh, schedule and, and and just kind of have it go through that process. So there's a lot of options, but it, but it, but it is hard because oftentimes these projects are so tight these days, right? The construction costs are up land costs are up, development and entitlement process takes so much longer than it used to. So all of these things um, conspire to increase the cost of projects. And, and, and generally speaking, a lot of developers go in and say, okay, I've only got, you know, I've got my capital stack built on, you, you know, whatever, $40 million, uh, you know, I can't spend another 100,000 on marketing or whatever it is versus, you know, the 50k I put in my budget or something like that. And so, so it's, it's a real challenge, especially in those boutique uh, projects. But I think you and you and we have have all uh, proven oftentimes how that investment in marketing can really pay for itself and then some over and over again rapidly. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're definitely getting into to point three, which is, are you wanting to invest in marketing and are you considering the ROI of your, of your marketing? And I think you hit on a lot of the points uh, there, you know, do you want to lease your building faster? Do you want to increase NOI as fast as possible? Do you want to have a have a lease up that takes you, let's say, six months instead of twelve months or fourteen months. You know, well executed marketing go to market game plans reduce the concessions. They allow you to potentially increase rent depending on you know what the original pro forma, pro forma, pro forma was written as, um, and you're increasing value in the property at a high level at the at the end of the day. And I think you always kind of riff on this math equation where you kind of like pull out the units, 2K average monthly rents, you get this, you know, let's say you leased up six months faster and suddenly it's, you know, we're, you're talking, you know, multiple millions of dollars um, added to the project. And then you think, you know, man, if I had invested another 100 or 200K into my marketing game plan, that's still an eight to 10X ROI. So I think you make really good points and, you know, not to say that's for everyone. Again, you know, there, there are times I think when maybe it doesn't make sense or the decision is more difficult. Or I think before we hopped on, you were joking, you know, if, if, if you had, if you're sitting there rubbing your last two nickels together, would you invest in a go to market game plan with a beautiful brand and website and so forth? Or would you try to create demand? And I think we would both agree the latter is going to be more important there. Um, but I think there's a case for really considering specialized partnerships as well. Yeah. So, you know, I think, I think it really, I mean, to the questions you're asking off the top, do, would I like to increase my NOI? Would I like to drive my rent roll? Would I like to absorb at least up and get a faster absorption? The answer to those in a vacuum is yes, across the board, right? There's no one that's going to say no to that. The question is how much are they willing, how much am I willing to risk or invest in making that happen? I think there's a, there's a lot of, um, uh, uh, hesitation to invest, frankly, because even, you know, and not to knock uh, uh, folks, but like even within the industry, within the specialist industry agencies in the industry, there's oftentimes a, just a, 
very status quo approach. And so it's hard to say, okay, why should I do this if it's just going to get me the same thing I got anyway? And that's, that's where the challenge is and maybe a topic for another conversation. But, but what, what is important though, I think overall, and I think the nice thing that you guys really do uh, and that we've done together on a lot of projects here is that we are developing a real go-to-market holistic strategy, not just building a website and, you know, putting some widgets on it and hoping that people show up to it, not just putting a logo and a name, not just putting it in the ILS and hope, hopefully we get some, you know, clicks and, 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 and conversions. We're actually developing the holistic strategy with all of those pieces sort of on the menu and selecting the right ones for the project, for the market and developing that and for the budget to develop the right strategy for the project that's going to produce a positive ROI. Now, the, the, again, you know, the, the thing that I love working with you guys on these is that you think about it because you're so tightly ingrained in the industry. You're bringing that studio, high level studio agency talent, but doing it in the context of a multifamily industry where budgets are tight, where where you need to show a positive return on investment, that, that all that matters. And the fact that you can kind of bridge those two worlds is a really powerful tool. And I think that really matters to the specifics of that question and saying, what is the right amount to invest for any given project, whether it's type A, you know, class A, class C, class B, the market it's in, uh, the size of it, and all, and all the factors that, uh, that really matter there to make the right investment in, in a go-to-market strategy. Let's pivot to our second question. I, I, it relates to this first. Um, we paired these together because they're sister questions, uh, but this one focuses more on small development projects. You get this question a lot. I know with a lot of the work that you do in Boston, um, we've been getting it more and more, I would say, just given the, the, the lull of 2023 to some extent. But then the question is, if I have a smaller development project, should I invest in branding my building hard stop? Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> one of the things that I like to do with this type of question is really take a step back and say, or ask, what are you, what are you really asking here, or what are you really trying to get at here? Um, when you say brand, do you mean a, a logo? Do you mean a website for your building? Do you mean a marketing game plan? And I think the whole idea here really needs to sort of, you know, have a have a step back taken if that conversation, if that question comes up, because it really needs to be a conversation around clarity about what that individual actually means. When you get that question. How do you find that you approach it with your partners uh, and, and even maybe existing customers who are kind of like on the fence about small project? Let's call it sub 50 okay. unit project, like small. We say we've said boutique earlier in the conversation, but let's call this one like sub. Sure. 50. No, it's good. Good framing. Uh, you know, and obviously put me right on the spot. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> but, <You got> it. <laughs> but look, I, I think especially in that sub 50 or around, you know, 30 to 50, whatever it might be there is um, often a serious aversion to investing enough uh, money in quote unquote marketing, right? And I, I think it is, you know, definitely is a great segue from that last question because it is really does come down to all about the strategy. And so one of the challenges I think is that most, um, you know, most, most developers, builders don't really understand what is marketing, what is branding and what that means for today. So in other words, we've had, you know, I've talked to, you know, clients or, 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 or folks in the past in this market and, and, and others who like, oh, I, I had a, I had a name done as part of my entitlement process. So we're all set on the branding. So something like that. And I'm like, well, that's not really what branding is. You know, you that name is kind of nice and, and cool. It might be a great name. 
you, you haven't really established the positioning. It isn't reflective of the architecture or the demographic or the market it's sitting in. It isn't, you're not, you know, building any way to differentiate it uh, from any other project in the market. We're not thinking and taking the unique attributes and developing, you know, real strong messaging and core value proposition around that. So branding in that sense is way more than just a name or a logo. And I think that is where some of the disconnect is. And I think the magic happens where you can, and I want love for you to speak on this too, but the magic happens where you really take um, the essence of what the property is for the demographic that we expect to target in a market for and, and position it in a way on, you know, messaging, communications, color scheme, um, and all the aspects that come into the brand that go far beyond just a name, a logo, and, 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 and maybe a tagline or something like that. So that's like, that's, that's one element that I think is, is really important is to talk about that. And, 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 and then the other aspect is the actual creating demand from the, that's the other part of it is like, okay, whether it's, you know, online social media marketing, whether it's uh, posting in ILSs, whether it's, um, you know, like Zillow or apartments.com or these things that you need to do to actually generate traffic to the property um, site, act, this site activation. I mean, you can go on and on and on about all the options on the menu, but I think, the, the biggest problem is there's a little bit of a, a misconception on what marketing actually is. And it's, it's not just like, okay, let's open the doors and put it on apartments.com and cause I have a name. So that's going to work well and, and do that. So I think I went way too long in answering your question here, but to, to kind of bring it back. Yeah. We do oftentimes see very much a under investment in marketing because even for a 30 to 40 to 50 unit project, if you're looking at a, you know, call it a $2,000 a month average rent, that's a hundred thousand dollar a month rent roll. If you can get 50% pre-leased and have people moving in day one of, uh, of occupancy, you're, you know, you're 50 K up on cash flow and cash flows just like that. So early. So, you know, is that, and that's, you know, going to just compound itself monthly as you continue to lease up and observe. So is that worth an extra 50 grand and doing marketing and go to market the right way? Usually is. Um, but it's all case by case, as you said earlier. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good point. I, for all these projects, 20, 30, 40, 50, you know, the question, do you need a beautiful brand to be used on your marketing materials? To me, the answer is yes. Do you need the same output as a 300, 400, 500 unit building? No, clearly you do not. And, and no one thinks that you have the budget that a 500 unit building has. Do you need a website that articulates the brand, shows renters how to find units right away, gets them contact information immediately? Absolutely. Whether that's a 40 unit, or 400 unit. And, you know, I think it becomes also a question of scale. This is something that uh, my, my co-founder Brighton and I were talking about recently is, you know, is this your first time out? A lot of times on these smaller projects, we, we meet first time developers, they're doing everything um, for the first time, you know, around, they're kind of hearing voices from all corners of the ring. They don't necessarily know who to trust or who to go with. And one of the big things that I've realized is that that is absolutely the wrong time to just cut costs across the board because not only do you have no experience in your marketing strategy or, or any sort of go-to-marketing, go-to-market game plan, you know, you don't have a list to, to build from. You don't have five other properties under your belt and the experiences that come with them uh, to, to use that investment moving forward, be it either sort of brand equity in your development company at large or even the literal list of renters that maybe passed on the first few buildings or maybe are on a wait list for other units. 
that's really valuable. And that kind of gets at that longer term ROI that we've been talking about this whole time. So I think context matters, scale matters, kind of where you are in your journey also matters with this decision, especially at this smaller size. Yeah, t- totally. And you bring up a, a really good point there as well. Just, you know, finding uh, the right experts or guides who can help you with, you know, most of the clients that we work with, probably you guys, as you said, a lot of them are maybe even first time developers. Maybe they've done this, um, a, a, you know, a handful of times or maybe even a few times a year. But the difference is, you know, when we've got, we can come in and, 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 and go to someone like you who's done this, you know, uh, I don't know how many times exactly, but 50, 60, 100 times in the past handful of years alone. I mean, there's a lot of reps at bat. There's a lot of practice doing. There's a lot of frameworks and, and things that you can do. And, and similarly with us, when we have this deep specialization in lease ups uh, and go to market strategies, like when, we, when, when, we, when we've done these things 50 times, 60 times in the past three years alone, like you learn a lot. You learn a lot what the market wants. You learn a lot how to take a, a building to market, how to, how to take a community to market in a way that really can 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 drive absorption, drive rents, and create a, a fantastic place for the residents that really are attracted to living there. And 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 again, it comes down to frankly, the, the there's there's the some of these parts of the investment that you're going to make are long term assets of the property as well. So they're going to help with again just creating that sense of community, fostering a great place to live, create um, lower turnover rates, lower vacancy, and perpetuity. And you have an asset for the long term for the project by developing a really sort of um, a really fantastic uh, brand experience that the residents can really, can really feel. That was great. That was a great discussion, Mike. That was uh, two minutes or excuse me, two questions that felt like two minutes. It was more like 25. <laughs> oh, so wow. I think our time's, about, our time's about up, but it's always good to chat with you. I can't wait for our next one. Um, we'll have to come up with some, some additional questions next time. I have uh, probably five to 50 that are queued up on my side, just depending on uh, what we want to talk about next time. So I'm excited to dive in and uh, look forward to doing this. Yeah, man, I think we, you know, we, I think between, between all of us and on both of our, our, of our teams here, we've got a lot of questions that, that clients ask us and a lot of questions that we like to talk about that I think can really help educate uh, developers out there, operators and people who are in the market to do that. That's why I'm, I'm really fired up about um, transforming cities and the new opportunity we have there to, to drive, um, you know, really help educate uh, the, the market and do things in a in a way that can be really transformative for for the results, uh, building great financial returns and, and amazing places for for residents moving into these uh, communities. Agreed, agreed. All right, Mike, two two under the belt. Looking forward to the third <laughs> one. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, man. See you, Chris.